Welcome back to Chop for Time. Pastor Ben here. I'm joined by the three musketeers, three amigos, three stooges, as normal. And in no particular stooge order, we have Devin, Sean, and Thomas joining us here today. If you don't mind, go ahead and hit that subscribe and like button. And we're going to get going talking about Sunday's message, Hold Fast. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start with a word of prayer. Thomas, will you pray for us, please? Sure. Uh, Father, thank you for another opportunity to get together and uh, talk about your word. Lord, thank you for another Sunday. Um, thank you for the, the message. And Lord, we pray that you um, uh, guide our conversation and, and get us excited about scripture and hopefully those listening as well. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, great to be back again and to just have some time where we encourage each other. Been really enjoying your dive into the book of the difficult book of Hebrews. Um, But really what you've been drawing out this week, we had a great message about holding fast. And I think that's just a key thing that we all need in our lives. If you can give us a recap of what you talked about. Sure. We we covered the entirety of chapter three which not a super deep dive, you know, I'm, I'm diving into the shallow end of the pool here in, in the book of Hebrews, but we covered, um, you know, all of the, the, the entirety of chapter three. And we, we really looked at this holding fast, you know, the importance of remaining true um, and steadfast in our faith. Mm-hmm. We, we really connected chapter three with chapter two because there was no writer's break in between there. So it starts with a therefore, and there's there's reason for that because he's tying in what he had talked about in chapter 2, particularly the end, verse 18 in chapter 2, where you know he, he, he makes this statement a couple times in Hebrews. But this is the first time we see it is like, so we do not have a high, we have a high priest who is familiar. He's... He's aware. He knows what you're going through. He knows the temptations you face and the struggles that you face. Therefore, you know, so building off of that knowledge of Jesus Christ knows. He understands. He can sympathize with us. He can empathize. And then we move in and he begins to talk about how Jesus is greater than Moses. He's a greater apostle and a greater high priest. Mm Mm-hmm talking about how much glory he should receive because, hey, a house receives glory. The builder of the house receives glory. But the one who made everything, the one who sustains everything, is worth so much more glory. Uh, It said Moses was a great uh, servant to the nation of Israel. He did great in that role, but he's not near Jesus. Amen. Um, He then moves into uh, a, a pretty strong warning a really strong warning. And it's a kind of a continuation of the warning that we see begin in chapter two about the, uh, you know, paying close attention. This is still in that flow of writing. And he goes back to Psalm 95 verses seven through 11. And he begins to, um, you know, David here is writing about the, the fall of the nation of Israel, about how that they were, um, you know, stubborn they were hard-headed and that he uses the phrase a couple times the day of rebellion Mm -hmm. and ultimately we wind up seeing at the end of chapter three 
that they were not able to enter into the rest of God. The promised land, in the Israelites' case, was not able to enter into the promised land because of their unbelief. Mm -hmm. And they started wrestling with that unbelief almost immediately when they came out of Egypt Mm -hmm. because the unbelief started at the Red Sea. Mm, That's right. So... That that we we stayed in that kind of context. We looked at I I, I pulled eight things, um, you know, grievances, things that Israel did wrong, and there's so many yeah. more <laughs> than just the eight. But but we went with the eight and just kind of worked our way through those and and brought them home to us because this is still a warning to hold fast that we need to be aware of today. Amen. Amen. Well, let's uh, talk about things that stood out. Sean, we'll start with you. What stood out to you this week's message? Yeah, I think the one thing that stood out to me was just that idea of connecting it back to us. Um, I think a lot of times when you read, at least when I read, I get caught in the, well, that was so long ago, I don't think it could happen again. But you're really sure to show how history has repeated itself and how it could repeat itself again if we don't do what we're supposed to. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Thank you. Uh, Thomas, what stood out to you, brother? Uh, I I like the whole the whole focus of uh, you know Jesus as the greater Moses and you know what you're talking about you know that uh, that would have been crazy to hear as an Israelite they were like are you like careful yeah, <laughs> like, yeah easy this now. is Moses we're talking about um, and I think it's always, I always just enjoy getting reimmersed into like biblical context right because we we think well of course Jesus is greater Moses but we always have to remember as well just where their worldview was coming from and what that might have looked like and just sort of having, you know, kind of trying to translate that in today's context of whatever that might be. We talked about this a little bit on Sunday night with our youth, but, you know, to the Israelites, it was like, Jesus is greater than Moses. That's crazy. You know, for us, it might be something a little different, you know, and I was trying to think th- through my head of like, mm. what what do I struggle to say Jesus is greater than, you know, and just sort of trying to... Um, ask that question of basically what do I idolize because I I think we kid ourselves if there's not something on that list Um, it's kind of where my mind was going Amen. I think uh, two things stood out to me. Number one, uh, that the devil just sells lies, yeah. deception. Yeah. You know, um, that's all he's packaged since the very beginning, and he's still doing it to us today. You know, and it's so it's such a powerful tool because we all continue to fall to his lies of deception. Um, the second thing that stood out to me: the warning, the encouragement. How can we make it through the deception? Well, I need my family. You know, and I think that's kind of what we're looking at. So, one thing we wanted to take a look at today was some of the deception that uh, some of the trials that Israel faced in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. um, And we'll take a look at that. Can we read through that passage? It's a nice passage up to like 10, 1 through 13, because it kind of ends with the um, temptation taking you, except as such as common to man. Sure, yeah. You want me to read that? Yes, please. All right. Okay. All right. 1 Corinthians 10, starting with verse 1, says, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. 
These things happened as a warning to us, so that we would not crave evil things as they did, or worship idols as some of them did. As Scripture says, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did, and then died from snake bites. And do not grumble as some of them did, and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. What a great passage to just kind of expose the lies of the enemy. I mean, because when the children of Israel, we kind of focus on just their unbelief or their this or that. But, you know, the devil was involved in trying to break this nation down. He hated the nation of Israel. He did not want God to succeed in his plans to bring forth the Messiah so he could destroy the nation. And, and he's tried that throughout history. So I think this is a key point of when we're looking at what are the deceptions what happened, and how can we, what is the writer telling us here that we can avoid these things? Sean, what stands out to you in that passage? Brother? Yeah, I think um, it's just the encouragement we get from that 12 and 13. Um, just the, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different than what others have experienced. Um, I think a lot of times when I think I'm going through like a difficult time, mm. that nobody else has gone through that, or that I'm the only one that's suffering with this, so it's not you know, why would I tell anybody, you know, but when in reality, everybody struggles with something, everybody's probably struggled with that thing, you know, so just having that idea of being okay, opening up and talking about it and talking through it. Amen. Good stuff. Thomas, how about you? Yeah. First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen is actually the very first passage I ever gave a, like a sermonette or like a mini sermon on whenever my youth pastor was trying to teach me how to give lessons. And it was really interesting because I gave the the lesson kind of what we were just talking about, right? You know, like take comfort from it and, you know, be motivated by it. Like God is faithful, right? That being the main the main point of the the, the verse. Um, and it's interesting because I've seen a lot of people online talk about this verse and say that it's not true, like from a biblical perspective, right? Um, and it's a really weird thing, um, like they'll sort of go into it and it's usually in more reformed circles um, and they'll sort of say that that's not quite true because of this verse but I think it is true because it is a verse in the in the Bible right um, Amen. you know that um, I think we are provided ways out I just think we're really bad at taking them um, and I think I think the verse before it is actually so potent as it leads into the the you know you'll not be tempted beyond what you can bear and what you're facing isn't unique to, to you, um, is that little verse beforehand that says, uh, if you think you're doing well, basically be careful not to fall. Um, I There goes my phone. Uh, I've, I've seen that bit so much in my own life of like the moment I get to that point where it's like, I think I've got this. That's when Satan's like, got him. Yeah. Because the moment we say, I've got this, it's like we've got all wrong. You know, because the focus all of a sudden is off of off of Jesus. It's like if I'm dealing with a, a certain sin in my life or something, the moment I start to say, I think I have this under control, 
that's when it is swept out from under your feet. You know what I mean? I mean, that's why at CR and stuff, um, you know, if you're, if you're an alcoholic, even if you've been sober 20 years, you still say you're an alcoholic. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like you're sober, which is great, but you don't just say, well, I'm not an alcoholic anymore because that, that mindset would still be there. Do you, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I think the same can be said of sin. Like the moment we pretend like it's gone is where Satan comes right back in and, and deceives us again, you know? Right. I think that's, that's the key ingredient right there. You know, that if we have to have the mindset, I like what he wrote there. These things were written as an example for us for a warning. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that, you know, I need to be warned. Um, because if I'm not, if I just think I'm okay, if I think I'm, you know, it's all good, I'm going to stumble. I'm going to fall because the repackaging, hey, yeah. the enemy knows when our eyes are off Jesus, just as Thomas was saying, and he'll just put that back in there. Oh, yeah, you think you're good? Yeah, we got this. How about this? I package this differently. Look, it's, it's a shining golden object over here for you to look at. Yes, I want it. You know, and then you just fall back into that, that same thing. And I just love that, hey, we have to learn what were these aspects, because if it's the same packaging, if we go uh, to First John chapter two, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, all uh, you know are not of the Father but of the world. Those are the things he's just repackaged that, sells it. You'll be like God. You'll be powerful. You'll be this. You'll be that. You know all those things. What about you, Pastor? First, let me just say I, that's that was impressive. You moved your hand so much, and he didn't touch the microphone <laughs> once. That was that was awesome. Uh, no, I, I love that warning concept also. Because tying it back to Sunday, you know, Hebrews 3.13, which that, that verse to me is kind of the foundation mm. of chapter 3. We typically know it as encourage yes. each other daily while it is today. Mm -hmm. Some translations will say exhort. The New Living Translation says warn. Mm. And I we really focused in on that a little bit on Sunday as well because it's when – and not that encourage or exhort are wrong translations. They're they're correct. Sure. But in our minds, whenever we think of encouragement, it's that pat on the back, keep on going, you're knocking it out of the park, you right. got this, you know. And it's always in a in a positive, right. upbeat, kind of affirming type thing in our minds. So to hear that word switched and translated differently, still accurately but differently as warn one another. Mm. That takes on a different weight, I think. At least it does in my mind. Yes. Because we're not talking about a gentle, upbeat thing here. This is this is a warning. This is a, a rebuke. You know, it's like, make sure you're warning each other daily, while it's today, lest you fall into the trap of deceitfulness mm. of sin. Deceitfulness. And the, uh, you know, you mentioned something a little bit earlier. You said that, uh, you know, Satan was most definitely against the nation of Israel because he wanted to cease or at least uh, delay this coming of the Messiah. Satan's primary, um, his tool, his weapon against us really never changes. Okay. It's deceit. He, he repackages it, repurposes it. But if you notice throughout Scripture and even through our time, his kind of like his target goal has changed. Like Adam and Eve, he didn't want them living in perfection. 
any longer because they were going to go and subdue the earth, which he had been cast down to. Right. So his his kingdom was being threatened by them. Yeah. So his first objective was, hey, let's derail these. Let's derail these people. Yes. Okay. okay. I derailed them, but okay, God, okay, he's got a plan. Mm. Oh, all right. Now, what do I need to do now? I need to delay. I need to keep this Messiah from coming. And if I can, I need to delay it as long as possible. So I'm going to deceive as much as I can, this remnant, this nation of God. And then when Jesus comes, he's like, okay, well, I didn't do that. You know, that didn't work. Uh, so now what do I need to do? Well, I need to try to deceive as many people as possible so that they don't follow him. Amen. They don't claim his name. Oh, well, they're claiming his name. What do I do now? Well, I've, I've got to change my objective again. If they're going to claim his name, then I don't want them following him effectively. Mm. I don't want them following fully. And that's I think that we can see that and track that in our lives as well as like the enemy's always deceiving us, but his objective in our final result that he wants to see in our lives is different. It's like, right. hey, I want to tear your marriage apart. Right. Okay, well, if you're not if, if that's not going to work, I at least want to cause distance. Mm. Okay, if that's not going to work, then I'm going to go to other relationships that you have. So that, that just kind of yes. just really started turning and I mean but it's all deceit, man. He's always seeking ground. Yeah, and warn each other, yeah. encourage each other. When we see these things happening in our lives, when we see that those idols that Thomas talked about, when we can kind of see our brothers and sisters drifting back in, and warn them, hold fast mm. to your faith. I think that's a great aspect. And I'd, I'd like to see, you know, Sean, we're talking about warning, encouraging, and dealing with sin. What, what, it, what How can you do that to your brothers? When we have this idea of warning and encouraging, I, I have the same train of thought. Encouraging and warning are on two separate fields. But I think if we're encouraging each other to grow and to, you know, get away from this, it also serves as a warning, which I know is a really weird way of saying that. But um, I think just ways we can do that is love on them. You know, be sure you're always checking in, you know, um, find that tight group of friends and just kind of keep checking in. Hey. How's everybody doing? How are you feeling? What are we struggling with? What can we pray for? What are, what can we do to better each other? Good stuff, Thomas. What about you? Warning, encouraging. Yeah, I uh, that that one really did get my mind turning. Um, also because uh, the day before Sunday, so which would be Saturday, most uh, weeks, yeah, yeah, <laughs> weeks. most weeks. Um, Saturday evening. Our sister-in-law went on to the Asbury campus at Asbury for the worship event that was going on, um, and there was uh, a group of uh, protesters who were sort of yelling very aggressive, hateful, um, anti-LGBT stuff to some of the students who were there who were part of the LGBTQ community, um, and sort of in the name of Jesus type uh type thing and just yelling horrible, horrible things. Um, and the thing that I wrestle with is that, uh, well, it's basically she she went and was just trying to hug some of those students and trying to tell them to come in and join in worship to meet Jesus, basically. Um, and they were yelling at her and calling her horrible things. And I was thinking, like, some people see that as what this passage is about, mm. godly warning and encouragement. I'm like, where's the line? Because that seems wrong like to the extent that they took it of just being demeaning rude um and and sort of 
vile words thrown at people doesn't seem like what the author of Hebrews is meaning when he says mm. warn. Mm. Um, so this is just something I thought would be maybe interesting because some people might hear like warn them and it's like, yeah, hey man, I'm going to bring out my banners, <laughs> you know, but I don't think that's necessarily the right approach. So, so where's the line between the two? It's a great point. You know, I really look at this warning and encouraging as kind of hand in hand. You know, I played sports. So when you're on the defense, let's just say you could say football and you know this guy is over here. I have to warn that guy over there that he's going out for a pass. You know, I mean, I can see that he's set up. So I'll warn the guy over there, hey, watch him. And it's a warning. It's not like, hey, you're doing a great job over there. Just keep an eye on him. No, it's a warning. Hey, watch that guy. Or if you're playing baseball, you know the guy slices to the left. It's going to be a ground. Watch that slice. And you're warning him, but you're encouraging him. Watch that slice. Be ready. You know, And it's the same kind of thing in the Christian aspect, I think, is that, hey, I don't have to slam people down to the ground. I just need, hey, watch out for the enemy. Watch out for that deception. Watch out for that. So I'm not saying, hey, you're doing a great job because he doesn't need to hear that right now. He needs to hear that, hey, watch out. Be careful. That's what Paul's doing. Be careful. And, and it's, there's a, a sense of circumstance of being aware and being ready and watching because we're aware of what the enemy is doing. And I think that's such a key aspect of what the writers is. He watch out yeah. because you are in danger of letting the ball pass you, that letting the enemy get a touchdown, letting, you know, get a home run. You don't want that to happen. So I think there's a key aspect. You do. We, I want to come alongside and say, hey, great job, man. Wonderful. But sometimes you just need to say, hey, watch out, man, because you're standing against the enemy. And I think that's a key aspect of looking against that warning and encouraging. We need both. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to warn each other, but I'll say, hey, good job sometimes. But, you know, you don't want to tell somebody they're doing a good job if they're not paying attention. Pay attention, you know. Well, and I, I think it also goes to level of influence and relationship that we have as well. Um, you know, because it's one thing for someone to hear me proclaiming the truth mm-hmm. and warning and if they've never met me, if they've never talked to me, if we've never spent time together, if, if, if I'm not invested in their life and, and they're not vested in mine, mm. then that warning, those rebukes, um, they're not going to carry the weight. Um, and, and that's the problem that I have going back to what Thomas was saying with, you know, listen, they may have been proclaiming truth in a very hateful, yeah. weird way, yeah. but we're commanded to speak the truth in love. Amen. Not love to speak the truth. That's right. And I think that so many Christians today have that backwards. It's like, well, truth to truth. I'm just going to speak it. If you don't like it, it's on you. Hey, come on, man. You know, so it, it, it's an investment. It's a relational thing. It's me letting them know through my actions, through my words, through my connection with them that I am concerned for you and your well-being and your eternity and what you're facing now and what you're going through. And whenever we have that, like you and I have a friendship. Mm. And if I see you doing something dumb, I want to come to you and go, Evan, you need to stop doing that, man. Or if if, if I know that you struggle with something and I see you drifting back into that, then I need to come and say dude you got to start paying attention amen you know it's like this is happening you may not realize it but you can't do this amen but i can do that and you'll receive it because of the level of connection 
That's right. That we have. That that's just my take on it. From you know, I was, I've always said that when Jesus said these signs shall follow, <laughs> he wasn't talking about the one on sticks. Yeah. You know, he. But again, it's it's that the way that we present it, and how we present ourselves. Are we investing? Are we connecting? Are we loving? Genuine loving. Amen. I. I um, that's so powerful, you know, that's, and that's the key aspect. If, I, if, if I'm in a love relationship with God, it's going to work out into a love relationship with other people. Um, let's do some takeaways. So I'll start today. Um, uh, I think for me, the takeaway is to be connected to people. You know, just what we were talking about right there is that when I'm connected to others, there's going to be a bond that's going to happen because they're going to want the best for me. Mm-hmm the best of Christ in me, the hope of glory. And they're going to encourage me and lift me up and warn me, you know, just like you said, I, you know, and people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I love that statement. And that's the way I think we should all be in people's lives. That's my takeaway. Thomas. Oh, uh, I was listening and not thinking about what my takeaway was. Um, yeah, I I think all of it just in, in, a, in a big sort of interconnected sort of uh, way of like the focus being Jesus should have overflow into how we treat each other, you know, because we say Jesus is greater. And if that's true, then we should live our lives reflecting him. And when we do that, we should make sure that we're looking out for our fellow believers who are trying to do the same thing. Um, I think I think we all need a challenge to, to challenge each other more um, in a healthy, healthy way, uh, because we've we've talked about this before like we're really quick to run out to the world and tell them you're not obeying god and it's like well, duh, they don't care like, oh, uh, yeah sinners are sinning yeah i know but then whenever it comes to believers they're like don't dare tell me what to do yeah. and i wouldn't dare challenge you because you know that's 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 okay. just your faith so you know i think we just have that backwards um and and yeah i hope we start to get that right a little bit more okay. so Sure. Yeah, just kind of building off the point Thomas made about the, um, I think a part of it is just letting our pride kind of, you know, putting that shield down and not being so defensive. Like, if you have that friend that's coming up to you, hey, be careful, watch out for this, then we shouldn't immediately go, well, you need to watch out for this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, okay, you know, and even asking him, hey, how do I do that then, you know, help, you know. I think it for me, it's just that community sense. It's the you have to rely on your brothers and sisters in Christ to help push you through and ultimately make you a better believer. Pastor, I think just having a sober understanding of who we all are in light of Christ, we all stand in need of His grace daily, we stand in need of His mercy daily we're all flawed we're all fallible Mm. we all struggle and have temptations trials that come our way multiple times each and every day and if i can see myself like that and understand that i have a great high priest who understands what i go through and i expect everybody else to understand that about me that even as a pastor i'm incredibly flawed and incredibly fallible still, then I have to at least consider that I need to open myself up to understanding that about them as well. Amen. And flow from that place of I need to lean on you 
to help me through this, these flaws and this fallibility. Mm. And you need to lean on me through them as well. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Well said. Um, we just want to say thank you for joining us again. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the channel and please hit that like button. Uh, that will allow this uh, to get out to even more people. Um, and if we want to encourage you to reach out. If you have a comment or question, please just write down there in the comment section. If you don't have a home church, we want to invite you to be part of this home church. You can find us at fccgrayson.com or reach out and look up us up online and give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to grow in the grace and love of our Savior. So with that said, well, let's close out in prayer. Um, I'll close out. Father, we just thank you so much for this time. Lord, as we come, we recognize that uh, we are indeed fallible, prone to wander. Lord, we just we just all of a sudden give in to the deception and we just ask for your help. We need your grace every day. We thank you for our family, for our brothers that surround us, our sisters that surround us, that help us to pay attention, to give us warning, to give us encouragement, Lord. Help us to do the same and be those people that lift up, encourage, and warn others so that they can be all that you created them to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.